Amen. Man, I just love being in the presence of God, don't you? Man, it's just, just something about what God's doing and what he's saying right now. And I just want to encourage you to really embrace God's involvement in your life. Don't, don't expect God to do all the work. Uh, participate. Come on, participate. Let, let God change you. Right? You know, in, in James, uh, it says, receive with meekness the engrafted word of God, which has the power to save your soul. Your soul is the way you think, the way you feel, the way you make your choices. And if you'll receive with meek, meekness, is just a teachable spirit. If you'll just understand, you don't know everything. Now, that's a shocker for some of you, so I'll let it hang out there for a minute. You know, look at your neighbor and say, you don't know it all. <laughs> hey, man. I, you know, I think we have to admit that we go through life under the impression that we're right. Yeah, I do. You know, I don't run around doing stuff thinking I'm wrong. No, I think I'm right. You know, I always think I'm right. And then when I'm proving I'm wrong, I'll blame it on somebody else. Yeah. <laughs> Man, just being real. You know, Jeremiah 33, 3, he said, Call unto me and I'll answer you and show you great and mighty things, things which thou knowest not. Some translations, they say fenced-in things, hidden things, secret things. It implies stuff that you couldn't possibly know. God knows. God knows some stuff you couldn't possibly know. And, and yet we'll sit in this room and, and, you know, and we'll say, yeah, that's right. But the question is, then why aren't you calling on him? Because, it, it, you know, he knows stuff you don't know. You're making decisions, and he knows stuff that you don't know, even about the decision you're making. And you think you got it. You, I got this. I've been doing this my whole life. Yeah, look how screwed up it is. But, you know, we're, we're, looking, we're, we're looking at life and just running, rushing through and, and getting caught up in the, in the hectic pace that, that this culture's in, and we don't take time to call on God. Why? Because we're under the assumption we know it already. And what you have to do is you have to understand that God is wanting to change the way you think. Right? We're trying to change the way we act. We, we even come to church and, and use it as a behavior modification program, right? That, that if, I, if I plug into church, if I get involved, if I, if I you, know, if, you know, our mindset is that if we're walking with God, pretty soon I'll overcome some of this stuff that's been wreaking havoc in my life. I'm going to work real hard on it. I'm going to try to be nicer. I'm going to try, you know, to be less greedy. I'm going to try to be less selfish. I'm going to try, and we're working on our behavior. But God's, God's like, you know, if you would work on the way you think, Eventually, your behavior would come in line. Hello, somebody. You know, and, and you, you'd actually begin to uh, not just talk about God life, but it, you, could, you could begin to experience God life. Why? Because you know, remember in Isaiah when he said, my thoughts aren't your thoughts. My ways aren't your ways. But mine are higher. That's not a put down. It's an invitation up. God inviting us to a different not a different level of life, but a different lifestyle altogether, right? So that, so that when, when we're reading, uh, you know, verses like uh, 1 John four seventeen, as he is, so are we. As he is, so are we. Even in this world, right now, as, as he is, so are we. You know, so that you can, you can identify with who you are in Christ now. Now that you're born again, you're a new creation, 
right? You have a regenerated or a recreated spirit. Your spirit's been made alive, and now, just like Christ, you're here demonstrating Satan's defeat every day of your life. Amen? You get up out of bed every day with just this one purpose, humiliate hell. Man, that, that, that's what I want to do every day of my life is just humiliate hell. What, you know, and whatever you're going through, whatever you're dealing with, it's all right because you know as he is, so am I. And, and sometimes, you, you know, sometimes that old nature, it's just, it's just, it's nature. It tries to show up and tries to dominate and tries to rule. But you have to, you have to be able to, to recognize, wait a minute, that's not me. That's, that's not who I am. You know, you catch yourself doing something stupid. And you go, stop, stop, hold on. That's not who I am. I'm not going to do, you know, you're running somebody off the road on the freeway. And in the middle of that, you go, whoa, 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 whoa. That, that's not who I, that's that old me. Hello, somebody. And then you, then you just wave at him. Like, hey, just wanted to, just want to make sure you're okay. You know. <laughs> you're doing stuff you shouldn't do. And you go, that's not me. And you're thinking, well, who is it then? Well, that's the old guy. Well, let the old guy pay the tickets. You know, you got you, you to gotta deal with what you do, but if you'll deal with how you think, it'll change what you do. Because, you know, you recognize, wait a minute, wait a minute. Jesus, as he is, so am I. Jesus is not depressed. So I'm not going to live depressed. I'm going to start thinking differently. Amen. Jesus ain't broke. I'm not going to live broke. Why? Because as he is, so are we, even in this world. Jesus isn't sick. So I, I, need, I need to transition the way I think, right? Because Jesus did not come to, to just change the level of life, but he came to change the lifestyle altogether. John 10, 10 says, The thief cometh not but for to kill, to steal, and destroy. But I've come that you might have life in abundance. Look at it. Have and enjoy life. That word life there is the Greek word zoe, Z-O-E. It is not just the ability to inhale and exhale. It is life as God has it. It's the God kind of life. Well, come on, somebody. It's the God kind of life. More life than death, more joy than sorrow, more peace than chaos, more hope than despair, more provision than lack, more healing than sickness. Hello? I'm talking about, I'm talking about a, a life with a capital L, right? Uh, we're talking about life. We're talking about devil booty kicking life, hell stomping life, victorious resurrection life. Jesus came to, to, to reconnect us to a life that we were separated from. And, and the reality is, is that if we ever tap into that life, man, if you can get God life flowing for about 30 days, I'm telling you, you will never go back. You know, it's not the absence of problems. It's just you got more solutions than problems, right? Death shows up, but life swallows it up. You know, you, you can be sad, but yet there's no sorrow. You know, it'd be, why? Because the joy overwhelmed the sorrow. You got more joy than sorrow. You know, there's chaos everywhere, but we live in a greater peace than there is chaos. So, so, so we don't run out of peace. You know what you need to run? You need to run out of worry. You just need to get to the point, well, I tried to worry, but I can't. I'm all out. Hello? Psalms 119, verse 165 says, Great peace have those that love thy law. Nothing can cause them to fall, stumble, quit, or fail. 
Why? Because they, 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 they have a revelation and, and, and they're living God life. Hello, somebody. And it's all, it all goes back, it ties back to your identity and the way you think. Anything that enemy has ever said to you had a string attached to your identity. He's trying to tell you, he's trying to tell you that you're not like Jesus. Well, you're, you're not Jesus. Well, the Bible says, as he is, so am I. Look at your neighbor and say, wow, you really need this. Don't settle for existence when life is available. Check this out. Go to Ephesians. I, I got I to I gotta roll today. Ephesians chapter 2 in the King James Version, starting at verse 4. But God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love wherewith he loved us. Check it, check it out. He, how many of you know God loves you? I said, how many of you know God loves you? He ain't mad at you. He ain't trying to hurt you. He's trying to help you. He ain't putting you down. He's lifting you up. Amen. But look what it says. For with his great love, he loved us. He's talking about something in the past. His love did something in our past. And even, verse 5, even when we were dead in sin, he hath quickened us together with Christ. Even when we were dead in sin, hath, hath quickened, not going to quicken, hath quickened. Hath quickened us together with Christ by grace you are saved and hath raised us up together and made us sit down in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. The cross is number one, first and foremost, a revelation of the love of God. I'm telling you, the thing that changed me, the things that's changing you is the love of God. You get a revelation of the love of God, what's going to change? Everything. Hello? telling you he's gonna look at, look at this in the amplified but god so rich is his is he in his mercy thank god for mercy because of and in order to satisfy the great and wonderful and intense love with which he loved us he loved you so much in order to satisfy that intense love he had to do something look read it in order to satisfy that great wonderful intense love Man, if you could just get a revelation, if you could just understand the love of God, it'll change you. And in order to satisfy that great, wonderful love, even when we were dead, verse 5, even when we were dead by our own shortcomings and trespasses, he made us alive. Man, right about there, you ought to be having revival. Because even though you were who you are, he made you alive together in fellowship and in union with Christ. Look at somebody say, buckle up, Betty. Now, I'm telling you, you get a revelation. This is kind of like taking a drug or something. You know, some of you guys need to be snorting this verse. Some of you should mainline this. Oh, baby. You, you know, start meditating and confessing this and getting up every day and say, he gave me life. Right? Eternal life, God kind of life, overcoming life, hell busting, devil stomping life. He didn't give you some anemic little thing and say, Well, I hope that helps you till you die. Some of us, you know, we're under the impression like, like Christianity is just going to give us just enough to make it through the night. You know, there's probably a reason, don't take this wrong. Okay. Don't take this wrong, but there's probably a reason that people who don't know what you know don't want to know what you know because they can't tell that what you know is going to help them in any way, shape, or form. Because they're watching you go through little L life. 
I mean, you think you got big L. <laughs> H-E double toothpick L. You think you got, all you, all you focus on, all you, listen to me. And again, don't take this wrong. Okay, we're just trying to help you. <laughs> but if you talk more about your problems than you do about your life, are you sure the revelation you possess is about your life and not about your problems? I'm telling you. Look at what it says. He gave us the very life. See it? It's right there. See it? I'd jump up there and touch it, but white man can't jump. <laughs> he gave us the very life of Christ himself. Oh, did you hear that? He gave us the same identical new life with which he quickened him. The same life that he used to raise Christ from the dead, that's the life he gave you. I'm telling you, hell so freaked out right now because if you get this revelation, all of a sudden, the same authority that Jesus operated in, that's yours because you are seated in Christ in heavenly places. That's not, he's not sitting there watching, you know, uh, reruns of Oprah. He's sitting in a seat of authority and dominion, and God has put you there because you have the very same life that caused Jesus to triumph over death, the same identical life that, that empowered Jesus to overcome death. You got it. You ain't going to get it. You got it. Hello, somebody. God don't give out different kinds of life to different people who only gives out one kind of life, his kind of life. Hell-busting, devil-stomping life. You need to get up every day. I have the same life that raised Christ from the dead. I have the same life. What will it do in you? The same thing it did in him. And how many of you know that life can grow? You know, John 10, 10, I've, I've come that you might have this life and enjoy this life and have it until it overflows have it until it reaches the top and starts spewing out everywhere. That everywhere you go, you just squirting out life. Hello, somebody. Ever been to the river? You know, go walking around down there in your tennis shoes. You know, and it just, just, you know, just feeling it. And then when you're going back to the car, and the river squirting out of your shoes. And 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 you know, you can tell that, that you've been to the river because we can track you back to the car. That's how this life ought to be in us. That it just everywhere we go. We're squirting out life. And that life is actually changing us every day. And, 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 and it's, it's just transforming us and empowering us. Hello, somebody. You, you know, the very first thing Jesus did when, when he was raised from the dead, he took his blood into heaven, he purchased for our eternity, our, our redemption is handled. And then you know what he did is, is, is he was in a good mood and, and he had just demonstrated Satan's defeat. And so he had a parade right down Eternity Boulevard. And, and the Bible says in Col Colossians 2.15, did I give you that one, Colossians 2.15? Um, I don't know if I did. And having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly, triumphing over them 
in it. In, in other words, he, he just been raised from the dead, and now he said, what's he said? The first thing he said is, let's do a parade. Let, let's show the world the enemy's defeat. Hello, somebody. Yeah, I, I, I look at verse 14, 2 Corinthians 2, 14. It says, now thanks be unto God, which always causes us to triumph in Christ. Thanks be unto God, which always, that sounds like always. Not sure, but it looks like always, sounds like always. Which always causes us to triumph in Christ and maketh manifest the Savior of his knowledge by us in every place. You see that word triumph? That word triumph means a celebration after the battle. Paul's saying, thanks be to God who always causes me to triumph. He's saying, I'm always winning in everything and everywhere. It's not the absence of trouble, but it's a constant parade of victory. You ever been to Disney World, Disneyland? You know, what do they, what do they have there every day? Parade. Every day, they have, why? Because they're setting the atmosphere for your personal experience. What Jesus did is he set the atmosphere for your personal experience experience. And what you need to do, sometimes you can see the enemy coming. You just need to drop what you're doing, stop, and let the parade march through town and just have a thanks be unto God moment. Why? Because I have the same life in me that was in Christ. The very thing that raised him from the dead is now quickened my mortal body, and I am living that God life. And I can see this problem, but I have more solutions than problems. So thanks be unto God who always causes me to have a celebration after the battle. I can see the battle. I'm not going to worry about the battle. I'm going to plan out my celebration. Hello, somebody. You, you just start, st- stop hyper-focusing on the battle and start, you know, be a party planner. Look at your neighbor and say, it's time for you to be a party planner. Every once in a while, just say, hit me, band, and let the band start marching. And celebrate the victory that you have in Christ. Amen? You're not fighting for victory. You're fighting from victory. You get a revelation. I'm going to tell you, it's going to change the way you handle the fight. Let's go back to Ephesians 2, uh, King James, verse 4. God, who is rich in mercy for his great love, wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, he hath quickened us together with Christ. By grace are you saved. And he hath raised us up together. He has raised us up together. He has raised us up together. He's talking about the moment you're in Christ and identified with him, he has raised us up. You're at a different lifestyle altogether. You're living like a champion now. I said, you need to start living like a champion now. Well, I'm still on the battle. Live like a champion now. He has made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. We are seated together with him. We are reigning together with him. We are blessed together with him. The life that he's got, we got. Hello, somebody. It's the same identical authority that he has. We have it. Look at somebody say, I got it. Anytime, any situation, when your mind starts suggesting stuff, well, I'm going to try to get some victory, slap yourself and realize I have the victory. Hello? Well, maybe we should just pray that we can overcome. Hold it just a minute. I'm seated in a position of victorious authority. I mean, use your spiritual imagination. Just see yourself seated in a position of a, a victorious authority. Get the picture. Get the picture. The Bible says when you submit to God, you can resist the devil and he will flee from you. If you can submit to God and, and, and identify in Christ and see yourself in your position of authority, when you resist the enemy, he's going to flee. He's out of here. 
Why? Well, because verse 17, chapter 5, 2 Corinthians, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. I mean, Paul had this thing, man. He got this revelation. Anybody who's in Christ is brand new. Old things, gone. Behold, the fresh and new has come. You know, a lot of theologians uh, say that Paul's letters are simply an explanation of his own conversion. Okay, Paul's writing, and he's just sharing his own conversion. And, and, and just, just think about it. Uh, Paul, uh, Paul was Saul. Remember? Paul was Saul and on the road to Damascus. It's interesting. In the book of Acts, in chapter 9, chapter 22, Acts chapter 26, it, it, it shares Paul's testimony. And three times in one book, there was one guy's testimony. What does that mean? That your testimony is supernatural. You know, you might not know all the theology, but you do know your story. And when you just say, hey, wait a minute, wait, 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 let me tell you what God has done for me. All of a sudden, the Holy Spirit takes over from there. I mean, think about Paul's testimony. He said, I was headed to town to do one thing, got knocked for a loop by the Holy Spirit, ended up in town to do another thing other than the thing I was sent there to do. And in the process of all of that, he recognized I'm not the same person. If anyone's in Christ, he's a new creation. I'm not the same person. Haven't you ever caught yourself, you, you know, in a moment you would normally rip the lips right out the front of somebody's face and you, and you feel something on the inside and you say, just let it go. And you're thinking, who was that? That's the new man, right? You know, and, and what's weird is that we kind of struggle with that. We act like we had a moment of weakness or something. No, you're growing. God is at work in you. Come on. I said, God is at work. Look at somebody tell them, God is at work in me. Old things have passed away. I'm a new person altogether, unheard of before. Well, I'm only human. No, you're also human. It's important that you get this. I'm only human. No, you are also human. You still have a body. You still have a soul. But now your spirit has been made alive. You ain't only human. I think that's what's wrong with most Christians is that they're still trying to live a mere human existence, what the Bible says. You're not only human. You are also human. But you have this life now in you. You have this, this, this ability to demonstrate Satan's defeat. And it's, if, if, you'll learn, if, you'll, if you'll learn to operate by that spirit, you will, according to the Bible, mortify the deeds of your body. But you ain't going to do it without being led by the Spirit. Hello, somebody. You're a partaker of the divine nature. You've got the life of God on the inside of you. But your inward man, your spirit, he's been made alive with the same identical life that Jesus had. You know, in the Old Testament, uh, Ezekiel, Jeremiah, the prophets, they all prophesied about the day that was coming, a new covenant was coming, and, and God said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put a new heart in you, and I'm going to put a new spirit in you, and he said, I'm going to write my law on your heart. What was he saying? He said, I'm going to do something inside of you that eventually will cause you to want to do the very thing that I've called and created you to do. And, and, and you'll be like Paul, you'll be headed out to do one thing, but something's going to collide with your spirit, and all of a sudden you'll find yourself wanting to do another thing, and that other thing will bring fulfillment and purpose and destiny to your life, and you won't even miss the old thing that you thought that you were so engaged in. 
God said, you know, I'm going to do a work in you. you. You know, in Romans 8, it talks about the law, the spirit of life in Christ has made me free from the law of sin and death. And, and then he gives the process of how that all can lift you up to win. But check out Romans 8, verse 10. Check this out. If Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. If Christ be in you, the body is dead. That don't mean dead the way you're thinking. It's mortal. Mortality is still in your body, and mortality carries with it certain propensities to try to dominate and lead, but uh, it has a kind of a gravitational pull towards sin. But he said, uh, you're going to have to deal with your flesh, but don't confuse dealing with your flesh with your identity. Okay, hold. He said, your body is mortal because of sin, but your spirit is alive because of righteousness. Look at, look at verse 11. But the same identical spirit of him that raised up Christ from the dead, if he dwells in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead will also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwells in you. He said, I ain't just going to mess with your spirit. I'm going to start giving you authority over your body. Hello, look at verse 13. This just gets better. If you live after the flesh, you're going to die. But if through the Spirit you do mortify the deeds of the body, you will live. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. How do I mortify the deeds of my body? Through the power of the Spirit. Through the power of, say this with me. Say, my spirit is alive. Oh, come on, say it out loud. My spirit is alive. Say, I have the same life. I have the same righteousness. I have the same authority. Check it. Uh, one translation I was reading last week said, your body is dead because of sin, but now Christ is in you. And now your body is dead because of sin, but your spirit is instinct with life because of righteousness. Your, your spirit is instinct with life. Your spirit has a divine instinct. You know, if you look that word up in the dictionary, an instinct is an inborn pattern of behavior that is characteristic of a species. It is often a response to a specific stimuli. So it's kind of like when salmon start swimming upstream and they go to the very spot where they were born and that's where they lay their eggs. It's a very powerful motivation or impulse. It's an instinct. It's, it's kind of like a, a, a Labrador, you know, uh, uh, that, that has an instinct. You, you know, as a puppy, what's he do? He runs straight for the water. He's got, he's got, he's got these instincts. It's just it's born into him, instincts. And he just, he loves the water. And, 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 you know, and if you go, if you go hunting, you go duck hunting. Nobody ever takes me duck hunting. <laughs> I don't have patience to wait for ducks. I just start shooting stuff. Just, you know, give me a shotgun. I just want to shoot something. You know, I throw a can up and shoot it in the air. You know, just give me more shells. But you, uh, uh, you, you, you take the dog out there, and the dog's been trained, and the, you shoot the bird, and the dog goes and re- retrieves the bird, and he brings the bird right back to you, and he doesn't hurt the flesh, and he drops it right at your feet, and he runs around there. And, well, that's, that's instinct. Well, no, it's instinct and training. Hello? Let's see if you guys get it. The dog has instincts which can be trained. You, you know, a Labrador is a real dog. Right? We have real dogs at our house. Right? We got St. Bernard's. We got, what's that thing you got? Slab. Dude, your dog's, it's real, but it's weird. <laughs> Probably lack of training. Um, <coughs> but, you know, you can train the Labrador. You can't train no chihuahua to do that. Mm-mm. 
Hey, Chihuahua owners, I'm sorry. I got, you know, the truth and grace, I give it to you both. We love you. That's the grace part. Truth is, that ain't a real dog. That is a rat with a hormone problem, man. It, you, you know, and I don't care how many hours you spend, that dog's not going to go out and get the bird and bring it back. Why? Because that's not his instinct. But God said that when you become born again, check this out, get this. God said that when you become born again, I revive your spirit. I recreate your spirit, and it has a divine instinct, and it can be trained. My God, somebody. I, I, can, I can train you. God's saying I can train you to live the life of a champion. I can train you to overcome darkness. I can train you to live a life. He said, you know what? Uh, he said, just by my spirit, just by the power of my spirit, if, you, if you'll just embrace this, if you'll just start connecting your identity with Christ, if you'll recognize as he is, even am I in this world, and you start renewing your mind. I think that's what Romans 12 is talking about when it said, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so you can prove the acceptable and perfect and, and the good will that God has for your life. He said, you know what, if you'll if you deal with the, way you, with the way you think, I'll teach you how to act. Now, you still, you still got a body that's been corrupted. You still have a soul that's just out there, right, the way you think, the way you feel, the way you make your choices. But if you will allow the spirit Man, to rise up and begin to rule, he'll begin to direct your thoughts in a different way. He'll reorganize your thought process. He'll change your priorities. He'll realign your desires. Man, I'm telling you, even being raised in church and, and you know, started traveling with my dad when I was seven years old and we were going all over the countryside, but, but there was something on the inside of me that kind of wanted to do what I wanted to do and I had a plan and I had a vision and I thought I had uh, the, all, all of this stuff going. But then one day, you know, something happened and I decided to get real with God so God could get real with me. And the very things that I told myself, oh, you'll never find me doing those things. I've been doing them now for like 25, 30 years. And not because I don't want to, but now it's all because, man, something on the inside has changed. And, 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 and by allowing, and it, you know what, for, forever, God's going to train you. But here's the good news is that you have the instinct. You're not the chihuahua. You're like the lab. You, you, you have the ability for the Holy Spirit to just lead you and guide you and take you exactly where God wants you to be. You got a body. You got a soul, but he said, but I already gave you the most important part, a new created spirit. You've got the love of God in you. You know how I knew God had changed me? I had come home to visit my parents. It's during the time that my dad was supposedly dying with cancer. He had been healed, and he was telling the world about it. And I'd been home to visit, and then I went back to where I was living and went back to work the next day. And while I was home, I had just prayed a very simple prayer in the car on the way back because I'd seen such a radical change in my father that I knew God was alive. You know, my, my dad had a pretty rough background. He was the youngest of seven brothers, had two sisters. Everybody in his family died of cancer. He, he had, he had uh, you know, 
been raised as a logger. He was a, he was a prize fighter. He was uh, the, the town alcoholic in Jacksonville, Oregon. Uh, his first wife left him in the middle of the night with his best friend. He, he had been, uh, and, you know, when he got saved, he, he got saved. And he, he went the very next day to, in, in Jacksonville, Oregon. He went to the churches in town and beat on the door till he found somebody and asked him, how long have you known about Jesus and why have you never told our family? And, I mean, he got saved. But, but, but you know, that old nature... Man, he, he had some issues with anger. My very first memory is in a church parsonage right next door to the church, in the church parking lot right out in front. My very first memory is my dad throwing his Bible through the picture window out into the parking lot because he was so mad at those church people. I mean, he, 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 had, he had some issues with anger. You know, I had to wrestle a thirty out 6 out of his hand one time, and he, you know who he's trying to shoot? Me. But in the process of dealing with cancer, God became real in a different way, and something on the inside of him changed, and I saw that. And so in the car, I just told God, God, if you did that for Dad, I'll serve you. The next day, I got to work, and there was a gentleman that I loved to hate. And he came in. And my heart went out to him. And I said, you know, that is not me. That is not me. And, and I heard the Spirit of God say, that's the new you. And I'm telling you that, that God, God wants to do that in, in each of us. He wants to change us from the inside out. He wants that, that new spirit to be the ruling spirit. He wants to train you to reign. He wants to give you training for reigning. He wants, you, he wants to equip. You know what? It's not about your behavior. You can do every good thing you can think of. You can go to church every service. You can serve in every department. You can give the biggest offerings. But unless you're born again, you're still spiritually dead. And, and what, he's, what God is saying is that if you will allow me, I'll let you be the new man. Any man be in Christ, he's new. That old thing, that can pass away. I can make you fresh and new. Amen. Come on, give Jesus another hand this morning. Father, we love you. We love you, Lord. I, I want you to close your book and bow your head for just a moment. We're going to pray a prayer. And, and if you're in this room today, we're not going to do anything to embarrass anybody. We're not going to call anybody out or have you stand. But if you're here today, I don't know everybody's story. Maybe you've never walked with God. Maybe you used to. But you know that right now it's time for you to dedicate, surrender, commit your life to Jesus time for you to, to, to uh, allow the Holy Spirit to recreate the new man on the inside of you to receive the same identical life that Jesus had. You're ready for that. I want you to make this prayer your prayer. And if that's you, while no one's looking around, I just want to agree with you in prayer. Would you just hold your hand up and say, Pastor Tom, that's me. It's time for me to get that kind of life. I need that life. Thank you. You can put it down. Somebody else, just lift your hand and say, yeah, it's time. It's time. Thank you. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you, sir. Time for me to connect to that kind of life. I want God to make me new. I don't want to try to control my flesh. I want to mortify the deeds of my flesh by the power of the Spirit of God. I'm ready for God life. That's so awesome. Want everybody in this room pray this prayer. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I know I need you. I need your love. I need your acceptance. I need your forgiveness. Come into my life. Change me from the inside out. Give me hope. Give me strength. Give me power.